Continue. Well, well, well. We're back. It is a beautiful June day out in uh, sunny somewhere in Utah. Yeah, it's nice out there. Really nice. Really nice. I was uh, gone on the weekend and it rained a lot where I was. Did it rain here over the weekend a little bit? I was gone most of the weekend. It rained Sunday. As I was uh, walking over here, I was thinking of um, skipping the podcast just to continue oh, frolicking in the... I thought you were going to say you were going to consider skipping, no. like skipping over here like a little schoolgirl. Nope. <laughs> Although maybe it's that kind of a day outside. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. One of these days we're going to have to do an on-location... Uh, recording of this podcast, like, like up in the Uinta Mountains or something, or at a Top Golf. <laughs> we're getting bored with the podcast, so we need to do something interesting while we're podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good one, Bobby Flood. Nice, Hit it again. Nice, nice swing. Yeah, I, I, uh. <coughs> Look at those mountains. Oh, a squirrel. I'm such the squirrel's a, got a lot of uh, traction when we were talking about squirrels, by the way. Yeah, yeah, we're not doing a squirrel episode. But who was pushing for that? Was that Pepe? I think Pepe, Pepe suggested it, which resulted in a barrage of supportive comments from yeah. other listeners. Well, maybe if, you know what, if that's what the public wants, maybe maybe we can do a squirrel, squirrel episode. Well, well judging from uh, just traffic alone, the tithe bling episode it seems to be what the public wants. We've got a lot of listeners, more than, more than normal, at least based on unique IP addresses. Mm-hmm. People are interested in that. And um, squirrels, so all right. No, we d- we did have some great comments last time. Doctor Nick, thanks for chiming in. He <laughs> did you see this comment where he had Jet GPT write Nef- a little bit of uh, a l- sort of a news story on on yeah. Nephi's escapades in Jerusalem before they got the plates. Yeah, I don't think that was Chat G- GPT. That was that was the Deseret News. That was the Deseret News. <laughs> Maybe what if the Deseret News and others are having Chat GPT write their story? What did you read? What did you read in the Deseret News that makes you say that? I mean, I know. Well, just about. I anything. know we've been a little bit. We're walking. We're walking a fine line here, but I think we're basically just saying what most people are thinking. Even, what What in the heck uh, happened to our to our people? The people that were supposed to be on our side, right? I mean, this sounds a lot like the first part of Isaiah where um, we're going to have to read that. Dare I read that? We're going to have to read at least part of it now. We've left our, our dear listeners hanging. 
Well, it's Second Nephi chapter what eight or nine, ten? Yeah, we're talking about the episode where Nephi kills Laban. Oh no, I'm talking about like the Isaiah stuff that. Oh. Um, I, I thought you were still talking about the news article that Chat GPT wrote. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, um, if if you look at say chapter twelve of Second Nephi, Nephi throws a bunch of Isaiah in there because. Mm-hmm. Because great are the words of Isaiah. Great, yeah. They have been and they shall be. They happen and they'll happen again. They're cyclical. They create. A, they talk about a pattern. And um, and we should just ignore it because it's hard to understand. That's what Nephi said, right? And yeah. Also, and also, Jesus said that, right? Because <laughs> he said they're hard, they're hard to understand, so don't look at it. Yeah, just skip right over them. Nephi wasted a lot of precious... Uh, metal including him because so we would know what to skip and to ignore i think that's what he said in third nephi right chapter 23 ish he's like hey by the way the words of isaiah i'm going to single him out don't worry about reading this yeah he said great are he said great the words of sarcasm (laughs) he says does anybody have a vintage comic book Here's what, 2 Nephi chapter 13, this is the second chapter that um, Nephi included in his record. And of course, at the time, they weren't chapter-ified, okay? Chapter and verse was a thing later. Right. It says, For behold, the Lord of hosts doth take away from Jerusalem and from Judah. So this is like, Jerusalem and Judah can be whoever professes to have the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Who claims to be the holy people. So he, he's talking about how they, in the previous chapter, which is, again, not, um, it's not chapterified. This is all one thought. Um, It talks about the Lord judging among the nations, rebuking many people. It talks about, you know, it starts off with the mountain of the Lord's house, right? Yeah. Which is it? Which was the twenty-two Olymp, the two thousand two Olympics, of course. Um, <laughs> right, because all nations flowed unto it. Yeah, uh, the the they'll flow. The nations will uh, flow unto Zion, and then. Hold he on, says, hold on, back up. It doesn't. It says the United Nations shall flow unto it, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, let me see. All nations shall flow unto it. All the United Nations shall flow unto it. I guess we could we could modify it that way. Yeah. Nobody's quoting this stuff anymore, it's so the we W-E-F can. W E F translation. Nobody nobody's quoting it, so we can go ahead and quote it however <laughs> we want. Nobody knows what it really says. Yeah. Fact check us. Anyway. Uh, it talks about um, w- w- this is the, this first part. Okay, now I'm getting into, into Isaiah here. That little first part of Isaiah chapter two, Second Nephi chapter twelve, is sort of a an end thought. It talks about the mountain of the Lord's house being established, but then it flips back to back in time. It's like a flashback, and it's like, so this is what's going to happen because the nations will not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. So it's, it's talking about Zion, right? This is what's going to happen. Then it says, oh, house of Jacob, come on. Let's get to that point. Let's learn to walk in the light of the Lord because we've all gone astray. And then it talks about what caused the, that to occur. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it, you've got to realize it's a, there's a flashback there. This isn't chronological 
um, language. He says, the Lord, he says, O Lord, thou hast forsaken thy people, the house of Jacob, because they be replenished from the east. They hearken to soothsayers like the Philistines. They please themselves in the children of strangers. Their land is full of silver and gold. Neither is there any end of their treasures. Their land's full of horses. Neither is there any end of their chariots. It's full of idols. They worship the works of their own hand. The mean man boweth not down. The great man humbled himself not. Therefore, forgive them not. I mean, he just goes on and on about how bad the people were leading up to the events that that caused the calamities, that caused But it the... sounds like they were really prosperous. Oh, yeah. Prosperous people are righteous. Well, that's the flip side. That's the other side. That's the that's the side that you hear at church, not the side that you hear in the scriptures. Okay, <laughs> wait. And I'm just talking about any church. Okay. Okay. And okay. Then, anyway, so anyway, <clears throat> I'm feeling a little cheeky today. Yeah, you might the, be able to tell. The Lord, the Lord basically goes after these people, and and. Uh, Isaiah says, look, they're going to crawl into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the earth for the fear of the Lord will come upon them. And the man, the, in that day, when, the, when this calamity comes upon them, man is going to cast his idols of silver and gold, which he made for himself to worship in, to the moles and to the bats. And they'll go into the clefts of the rocks and to the tops of the ragged rocks. You know, you know. It says, cease ye from man whose breath is in his nostrils, for wherein is he to be accounted of? That's some pretty good King Jamesian language. Essentially, what's up with these guys? Mm -hmm. And um, then you get to chapter 13 where it says, this, and this is what I was thinking of, which is an aside from an aside. We'll get back. We're going to follow this train of tangents back to the original thought here. Behold, the Lord of hosts doth take away from Judah and Jerusalem, the stay and the staff, the whole staff of bread, the whole stay of water. He's going to take their food away, okay? The, the, their sustenance, the things that make them, the things that make that culture, okay? The things that make that culture a culture, the things that make them integral, that, that their morals, you know, they're going to be demoralized. They're going to lose their foundations. They're going to be completely destroyed as a people because they went away from the Lord. They diverted their, their attention from the truth, from God. And then it goes on to talk about the whole staff, the whole stay of water, the whole staff of bread. It uses a double dash. It could use a colon there, meaning the mighty man, the man of war, the judge, the prophet, the prudent, and the ancient, the captain of 50, the honorable man, the counselor, the cunning artificer, the eloquent orator. That's what he's going to take away from them. and. I will give them children unto them to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. Right. And the people shall be oppressed, every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. And the child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient, and the base against the honorable. So that's where we know that we're in the year 2020-ish, 2023-ish, somewhere around there. Because, you know, if, if McConkie were writing that today, he would have written a little asterisk in the top uh, intro to the chapter and said, approximately the year 2020 <laughs> or 2023 or no, something like that. No, because it always applies to somebody else. Right. <laughs> For we know we are a righteous people, and Jerusalem is a mighty city. Cannot be destroyed. <laughs> and anyway, th to, to wind this tangent <clears throat> back, remember we were talking about whether ChatGPT or Deseret News wrote the piece that 
uh, Dr. Nick came up with about the high stakes confrontation, Nephi's violent encounter with righteous Laban shakes community, (laughs) (laughs) how, how things are being spun. So, so where are the, where is the, uh, eloquent orator in all of that? The honorable man, the counselor and the cunning artificer, a cunning artificer is a, um, an inventor, a, a craftsman. And now we have babes ruling over us. Whoa, Children. babes ruling over us, man. That's info sweet. babes ruling over us. <laughs> it, it that that those verses are have really come into focus over the last few years. I mean, neighbors oppressing neighbors. You think about it's June. By the way, it's June fifth, twenty twenty three. We are Almost the Juneteenth. We're the oh gosh, June. They're totally ruining June. June, <laughs> June is one of the best months because it's like. Summertime, usually the weather's nice, but it's not scorching hot, right? And they're just take they're just ruining it. It's uh June fifth, twenty twenty three. We're the Mind Virus show. You know that. In case you, you better st- know that. Unless you stumbled across us randomly and then I question your algorithm, but welcome nonetheless. <laughs> I hope you stick around. My name's Bobby Flood. That's Jordan Bruno. Correct. And uh this is episode one hundred 29? 130. 130, wow. More than two years worth of archives for you to go and dig through and find or something to cancel to us over. Yeah. yeah, or you can just listen. You don't have to catch up. <clears throat> Speaking of that, Doritos has tangy ketchup flavored <laughs> chips now. That's an old... Uh, for the Canadians? Well, ca- Canada's the had Canadies? the the, Canadian, the the ketchup flavored potato chips for a long time, but I, now you've got the Doritos corn chip ketchup. I have not tried it. but um, I won't be rushing out to buy a $7 small. <coughs> chips are so expensive. $7 uh, fun size bag of chips. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked a bit about prices and things in recent episodes. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a mad world. It's a mad, 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 mad world. world. But yeah, June is a great month, but they're taking that away from us. They're ruining it. And as I said, it's uh, June 5th today. That means it's Pride Month. So, And one, you want to talk about neighbors oppressing neighbors. <laughs> stuff like this Pride Month, uh, it, it facilitates that. It encourages neighbors to oppress neighbors. As well, I just does, want to start off and say your speech is violence. Right, right. It is. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, words will surely kill me. Yeah. Isn't that the old saying? Words will break them harder, I think is how yeah. that goes. Okay. Okay. Uh, and <clears throat> I've been, you know, as I do, wading through the, the uh, swamps of Twitter, and it's clear that the, the entire pride movement is based on oppression. And someone out there might say, finally, Bobby Flood gets it. All of these <laughs> marginalized 2S, LGBTQ, plus, 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 IA, IA, plus, plus, people are being oppressed. No, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. What's 2S? I, it's the one that Canada uses. And I, don't, I think it means two-spirit, and I have no idea what that means. That, they got two letters of the uh, acronym? They got the, a number in there. A number in it. Hmm. <clears throat> I think next we're going to be here, and there's going to be like symbols in there. 2SLGPT at, 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 pound, pound, hashtag, hashtag, exclamation point, or else. 
at symbol, at symbol, dollar sign symbol, dollar sign symbol. At this point, it's going to look like a, a old Peanuts cartoon swear word. Pretty much. But you talk about oppression, and it's gotten to the point, and we've seen this kind of you know, evolve to where it's, it's now, it's celebrate Pride Month or else. Yeah, they've gotten a lot of momentum. Uh, if you remember one of our friends of the podcast, Eric Mutsos, who was on last year and maybe the year before, the, the big thing that sort of propelled him into the public spotlight was that he refused to ride. He quietly refused to ride the motorcycle for the Salt Lake he didn't want to Police Department be at a part the, Pride, of the parade, Pride Parade. He didn't want to be a part of the par- the pride parade but so he ref- he 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 offered- tried to decline his assignment and then they tried to force him into it which created a big stir yeah he offered to do something else that day you know just behind the scenes you know, provide just security want to be on in the, the perimeter or something yeah, i don't want to be the in details. the parade he, you can read his story at his website what and, is that website anyway I, um i think it, if you google his name it should bring it up but yeah he was thrown into the spotlight he was screamed at he ultimately i don't know if he was fired over that or if he just left his job he's no longer a a police officer at the salt lake department and that was a few years ago and now it's just worse this was this is free to believe i if i and it and, and it's basically become celebrate this or else no i don't think that's his website but i'll link we'll link and stuff it's not just a matter of uh, same-sex attraction or any of that. This is a movement to... It's, uh, they use the rainbow flag and the whole movement to, to oppress and to install tyranny and thought crime and s- speech control into our society. Yeah. Eric Mutsos' website is ericmutsos.com, which well, that probably sense. was easy to get since he has an unusual last name. Eric, E-R-I-C... Mutsos, M-O-U-T-S-O-S dot com. And we've so done two, two episodes with him. You could search those up. Eric's a, uh, a great guy. He's been a great voice for freedom and liberty. But a good example of being oppressed <clears throat> over right. these people who say they're being oppressed. Yeah, being oppressed over something that had no effect on, on anybody outside of him. He and, just didn't want to participate. And, and, and let, me, let me say this before. Anybody out there calls us transphobic or homophobic, I just want to be perfectly technically accurate here and i'm only speaking for me unless i'm also speaking for bobby but i am not homophobic or transphobic but what i do have is an itis you know like tendonitis Mm -hmm. uh, tonsillitis Mm -hmm. an itis is an irritation of yeah rather than a phobia or a fear of i am getting what i'd call uh lgbtq itis or whatever 2sld lgbtq itis it's an irritation guys this is (laughs) this has gone way too far it's like an itchy rash you know right or like pink eye have you ever had pink eye that's what it's starting like if you're on the other side of this and you're a rational person and you want to be taken seriously you need to stop making us feel like we're getting a rash like getting (laughs) uh what what is it stop Uh, threatening me too what do they call it? Um, shingles? Shingles. I mean, <laughs> or adult onset chicken pox or something. That's, guys, like we, right. can't, we can't exist in a friendly way as long as we're not being forced into your ideology. Well, another big part of this is it's being forced and foisted onto kids. You well, heard you, about the Target. Yeah, you had walked into Target here in uh, Utah, northern 
uh, Utah. What did you see? Like I heard that Target was moving those displays to the back of the store. This but. was an. I went to Target. I don't go to Target very often, uh, not out of any sort of. Well, now there's a boycott on political reasoning. It's just not convenient. But I, I was looking for something. I wanted to per- make a purchase, and I went to a few different stores. It was one of those. I want to get this today, and I want to have hands on it. Otherwise, I would just get it on the internet, right? And uh, I went to Target. They didn't have what I wanted, um, incidentally. But I wa- you walk into Target, and you go through the entryway where there's usually like a little Burger King or something off to the side, and then you kind of enter the store, and right there front and center is this display of kids' clothing that are just branded in trans and, and gay, LGBTQ2S2S underscore dot com branding. Uh, I think the shirt said trans people will always exist. And I don't even know what that means, but they were all kids sizes. And this was at a, in, in the kids department. And it's like, kids don't even know what any of this means. No. This is, this is a way for <coughs> parents to use their kids as little props. And that's what a lot, of the, a lot of the trans movement is actually just deranged adults mutilating and 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 uh manipulating their kids into believing that they're something that they're not or just having no uh, compassion or parenting skills at all and right, just like, using them for political clout on social media like look at my little non-binary pat she they them is 5 years old and and we're letting it become its true authentic self it's like it's the child is five. It doesn't know the difference between a cupcake and a cupcake. Like it's, it, it, it thinks it's a giraffe. What's it's, the difference between a cupcake and a cupcake? Right, exactly. <laughs> but these kids, I've we've had kids. We've wa- we've watched kids grow up, especially when they're in their formative years, like toddlers, and then six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. They they want to be all kinds of things. Kids will come in dressed like an astronaut, uh, in a, uh, wrapped in a blanket, and say that they're a burrito. They'll come, yeah, they want to be your astronaut. They'd put dresses on and wigs, and they want to be dinosaurs all the time. They're kids. I'm a unicorn. Look, right. I'm a unicorn. And they certainly don't understand the the deranged complexities of gender uh, identity and this gender theory that's going on in our country right now. And, and so that's where the, the lines are being crossed. A few years ago, it was like, well, sure, you live your life and I'll live mine and we can be cordial and friendly and get along and, nope, you know, great. And then these, the pride movement started really kicking up, right? Then they demanded the parade. And that's fine, have your parade, but does it have to be a display of debauchery and degeneracy like can, can't you is, just wear a rainbow shirt and march and clap do you have to wear a speedo somehow the words family friendly and drag show got associated in all of this <clears throat> right since right. when was a drag show family friendly ever right i mean i guess and, you and could that's argue where this that is, the movie some like it hot jack lemon tony curtis marilyn yeah, and monroe but, and people have but said that's funny people, that's that's making fun of the situation people have cited mrs doubtfire and again that's that was that's not the same thing. It's not a, it's not sexual. It's not a, well, in all of those cases, the men still were men and the women were still women. 
And right. the whole point was, you know, Tony Curtis, Marilyn Monroe fall in love and she's got to realize that he's a guy. And, right. and then uh, the funny part is at the end when Jack Lemmon's sort of escape love interest, the one that he's trying to escape with, <laughs> will take anything. <laughs> right. This old crazy guy. But... Yeah, the, the the this has escalated and accelerated over the especially the last four or five years to be where you've got. I saw this horrific video of a nine-year-old or ten-year-old boy dressed as a girl, dancing in very suggestive matters on a stage in front of grown-ups. I mean, that's something right out of like, like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Or something. Yeah, it's just nasty, and 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 yet that's being celebrated in that that child is being interviewed on like, I don't remember which show, but like those morning shows, like good morning America or whatever, like and being celebrated. And it's like, where are this kid's parents? Let's tie a stone to their ankles and drop them from a helicopter out in the ocean. Well, it is child abuse to do, to do this to a kid, to try to, to try to get them to question their gender when it's very, very clearly anatomically evident what their gender is. And, and, it's it's a a, a a psychosis. It's a it's sort of a, an exploration of these these ideas that aren't reality. It's an unreality that they're trying to create, and it's really unfortunate because it it is perhaps in human history one of the most crazy evil things to be doing here. I mean, the right. the incidences of suicides are massive amongst these uh, kids that. Go transgender, and, and then they decide that they've been the D. They don't. They don't understand who they are, and then they and then they decide they need a way out, but they can't get out because the community's so oppressive. Or they can't and, get and, out, and they don't feel like they can come back to who they they used to be because or, or they, they can't supported there. Get out because they've been physically mutilated. I mean, the, there's some horrific detransition. The word people are using detransition stories, where these these kids. Oops, I realized I made a mistake. Yeah, Stories. now I've cut my body up or I've, these hormone well, drugs have screwed me what's up. What's unfortunate is the detransitioning crowd is out pr- uh, proselyting, attempting to draw attention to the fact that it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. All these people who have awoken to the problem to you know, after extensive involvement, and they are some of the most hated by that movement. That's right. the part that's sad, is that those people, they act like they're inclusive, but they don't want to include anybody that has a change of heart after having been in their community. Right. Well, it, the, the, a classic case of that is, uh, do you remember uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, I think his name was? I remember the name. He, what happened to him? He had a big YouTube channel several years ago, a few years ago. And he was, he was gay and he was kind of on the right side, right? Like conservative, right? And I, he, uh, he basically got canceled. Um, he was probably right after Alex Jones in the kind of the cancellation yeah. wars. And somewhat recently, or maybe this was why he was canceled, but he had come out and said, I've, converted to Christianity and I I've repented and I'm not gay anymore. I don't, you know, I'm not going to live that life and I'm paraphrasing, right? And I might was he, did, did he really, uh, did it, did, was there like an internal shift or was he trying to just not, um, act on his feelings? I, I, I don't know. 
I don't know enough because you get both story. of those things. I, I I know multiple people who have sh- who have been in the community and have shifted, and now are living happy lives. When you say shifted, what do you mean? Like okay, their so, feelings, like the like their tendencies, well, the feelings, the attraction young, young, goes away. Now, I, I uh, this is a uh, touchy subject. I I get that there are people out there that uh, feel how they feel. They want to say that. They want to say they've been that way from birth. Sure. I don't know. I, it's a possibility in my mind. Uh, I don't know because I'm not in that category. And and I think we need to to treat the same sex sex attraction with some care there because people happen to have those feelings. But I think that when it gets momentum, then a lot of people start to experiment with those feelings as they get older and they become sexually active. And this is the problem with kids because kids, you, you just can't, you shouldn't be talking about sex with kids. We should, we should leave this out of the discussion. You know, when they get to be 16, 17, 18, you know, the, the whole LDS church idea of not dating till you're mm-hmm. of an appropriate age, that's actually a pretty good idea, you know? And we've seen in media over the last 50 years that we've over, we've gradually, Moved the the sexual discussion into the the younger kids shows. Well, the U, the UN, the you know which is uh, the the United Nations that shall flow unto the mountain of the Lord's house, right? Right. Pushes uh, this sexual education and very explicitly on kids as like as young as five, six, seven, eight year olds. So the, in their documentation, they say by nine, most kids will already have had a sexual encounter. Which is which is that's bizarro world, yeah, that's crazy, and it shouldn't be that way. We need to protect the kids. They need they need time to just be themselves and experiment. They're they're not getting enough uh, pretend play, right? And and with COVID and everything, they they weren't able to go to school and try out their different roles as in society. Mm -hmm. So then it's easier to convince them that maybe they're a different gender because kids naturally experiment. They pretend. It's called pretend. It's Mm-hmm. Go watch Mr. Rogers, and uh, I think I sent you his song about mom, uh, girls growing up to be mommies and boys right. growing up to be daddies. Right. That, that I mean, Mr. Rogers, who's the most unimpeachable of moral characters ever to hit public media, would be thrown under the bus right now. And and and, and if you look at his stuff on YouTube, you know you see kind of a fight going mm-hmm. on about him being when a lot evil. of a lot of the kids who's who who are transitioning, and I I'd say this without any data in front of me, but I'm just kind of anecdotally what I've been reading. A lot of these kids have different issues already, like autism, like right. They're autism the, is a huge. They're on the uh, spectrum here. Cofactor in all of this, and and some other maybe uh, mental or or even physical health issues that are going either under treated or misdiagnosed or undiagnosed. And instead, they're just saying, well, this is obviously uh, symptoms of uh, having gender dysphoria. I don't even know if they use that term anymore. So you, you must be a girl then, little boy. You, you, know, you must be a girl. That's what your problems are. And then, and then they go down this road with the drugs and the surgeries and, or even mm-hmm. just the psychological Attack. feedback. Yeah. And it well, screws these kids up. I'm just saying that it makes a lot of sense to leave this out of the discussion and tell the kids in their mid to late teens and then they start right. thinking about it and that that worked for us for the most part i think in utah when i was growing up i know uh, i definitely lived a traditional mormon life and uh, you know lds ex- expectation was you're not going to date you know we we didn't have i mean <laughs> when i was a kid i remember we had like a, a black and white tv with one mm-hmm. channel mm-hmm. channel 20 i think is what it was 
so we came from kind of a poor background and I think that makes my situation a little bit unusual, but if you only have to be about 10 years older than me to have a situation where maybe TV wasn't a part of your life as a, as a very young kid right. or wasn't as big a part of your life if you grew up in the fifties and sixties. Um, but then it becomes a part of everybody's life by the the nineties, right? The eighties and nineties. And then the, the, let the indoctrination begin, right? So the over-sexualization of the culture has uh, amped up. It's, it's become, it, it has taken effect. And we, if we could have left, if we could have left it out, I think we'd have a lot more stable society because the kids, want, when they get to be late teenagers, that's when they're deciding, you know, right. who they're attracted to. And I get it in other, there, there's historical evidence that some cultures married their girls off younger or whatever, but there there was no question as to what those girls were going to be. They were going to be moms, mm-hmm. you know, um, and societies that didn't have as developed of it, say, an education and system and uh, and any uh, an industrialized economy didn't require a longer period of development to integrate those kids into that society, right? If you're going to be a farmer, you can grow up working on the farm from age five to 15 and then get married at 16 and 17 to a, to a, a, a girl that's a year or two younger than you and make it work as a farmer. That's mm-hmm. a, the kids are physically mature enough to start to start to do that at that age. But and in some cases, not quite, but you know, we, people like to take isolated incidences in history and, and then apply it to all of history. Not right. all of history had young marriages like that. There are a lot of cases where people got married a little bit older too. And some never got married. Every, everything runs the gambit of, uh, of experience. There, there's always the, the outliers on both sides of that. So anyway, I'm just saying that we, we've always over-sexualized the kids and, and therefore open it up to this experimentation and then you begin to suggest the possibility. And of course, kids are going to pretend or experiment with it. And I think Mr. Rogers was a great example of safe pretend. He had his make-believe land and he would talk about children and their feelings and their uh, you know, typical issues where uh, a kid needed to be supported relative to their family and their community and did it in a really good way. Right. And his, his whole, I remember watching him testify in front of Congress because they were trying to get money for PBS, which is, in my opinion, not that it's not great to be, you know, having the state dole out this money, right? but (laughs) (laughs) like it or not, that's what he was doing. And he was trying to explain why it was so important for us to have strong young men and young women. And we needed to support them through childhood so that they could be, uh, operative integral working parts of our society that supported the what 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 then was uh, and he didn't use the word but it was a very protestant christian right integrated or, integrated is the wrong word uh working is the word i want to look for. I'm, I'm trying to find it was it was a very for the most part cohesive environment granted there were all kinds of problems going oh, on there's but, always problems but but those problems can easily be attributed to political actors like the like the people uh, who like this, like the war between the states and the Reconstructionists trying mm-hmm. to keep the 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 slaves from integrating into a 
the, the former slaves from integrating in, in a better way into society. So what do they come up with? Sharecropping. That right. keeps them down. And then they oppress them in the early 1900s. And then they have the civil rights movement and, and try to push these people into these Democrat-run cities. And now the headline is that you know, we have a mass shooting every week in Chicago. There were 52 people shot in Chicago over the weekend. Ten people died. Right. That didn't make the news. It's a horrific crime against humanity that that uh, these people in their policies have created that kind of a dystopia in the inner cities in America where it's predominantly black people shooting black people. Right. It's because they had to be taught. They had to be... Um, gradually their 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 families over time their 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 people over time were gradually pushed into that situation well thomas soul has done some incredible research on the and who's bringing the drugs into these cities by the way <laughs> yeah read the iran contra stuff right it's it's the cia thomas soul's done incredible research on the basically the disintegration of the the black nuclear family and how you know, a hundred years ago or even less, it was 80, 70% of kids, black kids were born into a home with a mom and a dad. And now it's flipped, right? It's inverted. 70% of black kids are born into single, a single parent situation. And, and he's done a ton of great research on that. If that's a topic that interests you. And of course he's trying, you know, he's, He's they try un- to cancel him. They're trying. He's uncancelable in the sense that he's got a, a fifty years of of work out there, and it. But they but it's not anything it. anybody wants to talk he, about. He never gets any press, right? It's it's like the token. <clears throat> like if you try to bring up Thomas Sowell, they'll say, "Well, that's your token black guy." And we got right. fifty black people that disagree with him. Yeah. So I think if 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 you look at this again, kind of zoom out, right? Like we like we like to do. This isn't even so much specifically uh, an issue of uh, of gender or sexuality as much as it's just another front in the war to destroy our minds and to turn us into a weak and uh, useless, principleless, easily pushed around people. And, and I think, like, if you if you were going to illustrate it. I think sort of a non-binary modern person is kind of the what they want us all to be. They don't want us to fulfill our true potential and our true natures, which are divinely, uh, uh, you know, they're a divine part of us. They don't want us to be strong and independent. They don't want us to be smart. They don't want us to be healthy. They want us to be sick, weak, confused, and angry. And confused being one of the main keys here. Confused right. as to the actual reality. That's what I thought was so interesting about um, Dr. Nick's chat GPT article on Nephi's experience here is it's so obviously what goes on, how the narrative is right. is skewed or, or shifted, and you, you have the same events being reported on, but from the perspective of the, the wicked Jews. Now, <laughs> it does appear that Nephi stole the plates and killed Laban, you know, it, from a, from a, from a, uh, just a straight up reading of the Book of Mormon and first Nephi. Yeah, that's what happened. Right. He killed Laban and he took the plates. Was he justified in that? That's the question. Right. And of course, of course, uh, we, we try to, we, we, uh, overlay our modern sensibilities onto stories from the scriptures. And well, if you were to go to court 
after having uh, killed a man and taken their property, and you said, well, this, I was being led by the spirit. Yeah, you'd be throw you in you'd, an insane you'd, asylum. Yeah, the Lafferty brothers. There you go. Right. And probably rightfully so, they would throw you in, in, in jail. But we accept uh, the, the, the divinity of the Book of Mormon, and it's not our place to make a judgment, a legal judgment, on something that happened uh, that long ago in an ancient record. But we can look at it and think, what can we learn from it? And yeah, there are people who will use that, right? It's better that one man perish than an entire nation dwindle in unbelief. Uh Use that sort of mentality to commit crimes today. And, uh, but... See, the flip side of... uh, But there is always the possibility that, yeah, God actually did tell him to do this. And there's the flip side of the story, which was that uh, Nephi was justified under their law because Laban had stolen his property. He came to He tried to kill the, them. He tried to purchase the plates. Laban took their gold and silver and uh, tried to kill the brothers. Right. He stole from them. He so he stole from lives. them first and Actually threatened their lives. Actually chased them out of the yeah. city with armed men. So number one, he had, already pay, he had already paid for the plates. And number two, he had already been... Um, violently attacked by Laban and was justified to return the favor, so to speak, and to take his, take his property back in the form of the plates rather than go get all his gold and silver back. And then, then kidnap Zorm. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> as we discussed last time, that, was, that, that, be, that became a point of, conten- that was a point of contention all the way up to at least the, the war we talked about in Well, it was the narrative, Alma. right? And that's why I think um, Dr. Nick went out and got this, uh, this AI By the way, Dr. Nick is a bona fide written. doctor, so you probably should listen to what he has to say here. Doctors matter. Doctors, doctors' lives matter. What, uh, what am I trying to say here? They're more important than other parts of society. So Right. They're smarter than They're us. smarter than the rest of the people. But last week we talked all about narrative control, and I think this Pride Month uh, and Juneteenth and BLM which, by the way, they're going bankrupt. A lot of corruption and um, well, bankrupt fraud too. involved. Uh, yeah, they can keep the same acronym. Yeah. Um, Ukraine, all of these things that we're supposed to be riled up about and change our Facebook avatars over are just narrative control. And if you ever question us on that or question that there is narrative control, I don't care if you question us. <laughs> Please do, and put it in the comments. Someone comment. Just watch, watch t- television, go to the store, just sort of plug in for a minute during June. And, you know, it's become a meme, right? Like CEOs on June 1st. And then, you know, I, I saw a meme the other day. It was like CEOs on June 1st, and there was a clip of somebody from a movie saying, I'm gay. And it's just because that's what everyone does, right? All these mega corporations, they change their, their logos to rainbow flags. You know, and then on July 1st, they put it back to normal. And it's just, it's just narrative well, control, and it's designed to make us do certain things, feel certain ways. You brought up a, a, a comic from The Oatmeal where he, he lists out some things to elicit yeah, a response and, and, a, and, 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 and to see how it's going to make us feel to learn uncomfortable things. Yeah, one of our listeners sent that over to me. Um, and that's, that's what, an interesting, <clears throat> yeah, interesting we, we, little discussion we, we, on, on 
things that uh, make us, truths that make us uncomfortable, and then the backfire effect, how if you try to tell some of these things to certain types of people, more evidence just makes them crawl in, into a hole where they're, they right. defend their beliefs even more strongly. I mean, look at, uh, there's, there's people so entrenched right now on COVID matters, right? Like, like it's pretty obvious that the vaccine doesn't do what they said it would do. That's pretty obvious at this point. And yet you still have some certain powerful voices in the narrative saying it's safe and effective. Get your 40th booster or uh, pick anything and you have people entrenched. And it's on both sides of the, of the spectrum. Nobody's immune to that sort of thing. But I still think it's important to, that's why the marketplace of ideas is so important. And that's why narrative, the, controlling the narrative is something that we need to be really careful about because the 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 narrative controllers the people who who try to rule and reign over us the babes that rule over us don't usually have our best interest in mind they usually want to hide the truth and to make us confused right this is like a modern tower of babel where we're just being we're the, the language is being destroyed. Our brains are being destroyed. There's a mind virus, mindvirus.show. There's a mind virus spreading that, that's making us all stupid and making us accept or trying to get us to accept the most absurd well, of absurdities. I don't, I don't think it's making everybody stupid. It's destroying the society. It's destroying right. our culture. Right. What, is, what is our culture? We've, t- we've talked about this before. We've, we've r- tried to reimagine what our our, at least the Utah LDS culture might look like, or or Utah culture in general. We need know. to talk about that, by the way. Um, but I'm just saying it's it's destroying us. That's that's the whole intended purpose of this whole thing. Right. Evil people many years ago set in motion these types of um, attacks against our minds in order to destroy the freedom. Of America, and it's it's again, it's right out of the Book of Mormon. It says there 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 are parts in there where Mormon inserts as an aside this little note. He's like, and thus we see that these people sought to overthrow the freedom of the nation, mm-hmm. and that they would prove these secret combinations would prove to be the overthrow of the nation. Right. And he, and multiple, he says, multiple times he points that out that they they initiated activities that caused the the people to lose their freedom. And that's how we're losing our freedom here in America is through the destruction of our culture, which one of the most obvious parts of that, it's not just this, but it's this this confused sexuality. That's one of the most obvious aspects of it. In fact, I think it's a trailing symptom, not a leading indicator. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, that's the problem. All the all the hate speech laws, all the financial resetting, the the war on terror, the the drug, 9/11. the 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 shipping in of all the drugs the protection of the protection of the corrupt elements of the government i mean we could look at the durham report the uh, cy hirsch just produced another article that was commenting on what the durham report didn't say and of course he didn't even go nearly far enough i mean the big the big thing that that's screaming at most intelligent people is yes you were right about everything it's all a it's all a scam and the intelligence agencies agencies are involved but nobody wants to say it and yeah, durham and, didn't even want to investigate it very much and nobody's talking about it he 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 shied away from it as much as possible and he still came up with a mountain of corruption right 
Yeah. I want to yell into this mic. I got to keep backing up so I don't blow out the levels. The situation is awful. And uh, the culture is so important because it's the, it's really the only way to fight back against this stuff. You can't vote your way out of this stuff. That's, that's ridiculous. Nor can you depend on institutional leaders in government and religion and corporate business world and technology and entertainment to fight the battle for you. You have to do it. And you have to do it in your home. First of all, you have to start with yourself and then your home and your community as best that you can. And uh, there's different ways to do that. And you're going to make some people mad if you start speaking the truth. You're going to because the wicked take it the truth to be hard. <laughs> and you're, everybody's going to have to kind of figure out in their own way how they can fight that fight. But the only way to, <clears throat> I think one of the only ways to, to fix this is through culture. <clears throat> and and that has a lot of different meanings. I gotta have a drink. Well, just <clears throat> making a quick tour of your favorite propaganda outlets. Uh, the De- the Deseret News, which is your favorite, uh, mentions does have a big story just below the top headline on thousands gathering for Utah Pride Parade with mm-hmm. messages of hope and unity, mm-hmm. which was sure. from its partner. Or else. Which was from its partner, KSL. So they're cross-promoting a KSL story here. KSL on the homepage does not have any, uh, you can't find the word pride on the homepage. I don't think they have a top story here about that. Too many people drowned or had accidents um, and the sheriff's office is trying to cut down on speeding in Utah County. So <laughs> they're, th- strangely enough, KSL isn't talking about it, but the Salt Lake Tribune has five different stories talking about Pride Month. By the way, your favorite person, Governor Cox, declared June Pride Month. Yeah, I but left out, statement. left out LGBTQ plus this year. I don't know what that means. I, I don't know either. It's all this... Uh, it's all the same nonsense. It's all this uh, fealty to a, a, the new state religion. And, and pride is the state religion. Pride, pride parade, climate. pride parade, pride month, subscribe to get access. This is, the, the Tribune is definitely hawking pride. As you said, one of the seven <clears throat> deadly sins. What's up with um, the Deseret News? What was bugging you about the Deseret News? Uh, before I tell you that, let me, since we're on the topic of pride and church and religion and things. I, there was a headline last week on the uh, local communist rag, the KSL. And uh, there's a picture of people in a church celebrating. And the headline says, Pride Month kicks off in Utah with interfaith, interfaith service. Pride Month kicks this off Deseret in News? Utah. This is KSL, the oh. local communist. Oh, rank. sorry, sorry. Pride Month kicks off in Utah there. with interfaith service. And I saw the headline and something came to my mind. And so I, I dug it up. And uh, this comes from the Book of Mormon. I, I don't remember the chapter and verse now, but yay, they have all gone out of the way. They have become corrupted because of pride and because of false teachers and false doctrine. Their churches have become corrupted, and their churches are lifted up. Because of pride, they are puffed up. That, those verses, and this coupled with this picture and this headline, it's just, it's like... This it's, is 2 Nephi chapter 28? 
I and think they're so. all gone astray. Mm-hmm. Read chapter 28, verse 14. Well, Do you I, have it right there? No, I just had those, but I could bring it up or if you want to. But it just struck me like if this is all so obvious. And, and, and I see the word pride in the scriptures a little differently now. And, and that might be my own uh, interpretation. But usually things in the scriptures can have layers of meaning and multiple meanings. And it's like, <clears throat> beware of pride takes on a whole new meaning if uh, you are a person who values kind of the uh, outdated, hateful, bigoted worldview like uh, I do. Well, pride, pride <laughs> is usually associated with stubbornness, stiff-neckedness, right? Like you won't, you won't change your heart and mind. Right. And so, so in this case, yeah, a lot of these people think, well, we've changed our minds. We shifted from, because a lot of people leave the LDS church and they go status left. That's yeah. what I'm seeing. What that's one of the biggest, the weirdest thing that's going on here is, is these people are finding out that. <laughs> Got to figure out how to say this delicately. Um, senior leadership has not been forthcoming about certain historical facts or financial disclosures, and then they 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 decide, well, they lied to me, so I'm out. And instead of sticking with some of the conservative values that they grew up with, they go status left and they become. Pretty soon their kids are joining the other gender team. Yeah, I, I and, also think the inverse is true. They become status left first. Oh, and then they leave. And then they leave. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of it that way. I, I'm not saying you're uh, not correct, because I've seen people do that. But I think the, status, the statism, let's just call it statism, because there's left and right. I think statism is, is driving people away from traditional Judeo-Christian values. Mm-hmm. It's a good point. Uh, be, and this so is, they become this, that first, and then they decide, "Hey, look, this they be, this yeah. religious mechanism doesn't have anything for me anyway. I'm out of here." Or they they're be, not moving fast enough in that direction. They become that, and then they demand that the church become that. And when it doesn't, they say the church is hateful, and they and they bounce. Now, yeah, because the, there is a culture war inside the LDS Church, at least here in the Intermountain West. I don't, I can't speak for say the East Coast or internationally and some of our i know some of our listeners are east coast mormons bless you many um, many chime many in on this of I'd, I'd like of to know if the, east coast. <laughs> i'd like to know if this is happening uh, in your neck of the woods wherever you might live but there's a culture war inside the and church and they do live in the woods too some of our listeners yeah i would like to live in the woods the culture war is there's a lot of aspects to it basically it's statism versus uh, it's the king men versus the freemen, really. But a lot of the right. way that's playing out is in this uh, two-spirit LGBTQRST movement. STD? <clears throat> I think that's a part of it. And being Pride Month, so, the, you know, again, I'm wading through the cesspools of Twitter, and, and you have, you have uh, I saw a, a, a picture where someone said... We hear that June is a month to express your pride in your beliefs. So we've hung our flag up in the front yard, and the flag is the proclamation to the family. Who did this? I don't know. Just somebody on somebody Twitter. Somebody on Twitter did it? And, and They're still on Twitter? <laughs> well, and then the comments are like, oh, you're hateful, you're a bigot, you don't love people. And then you have people saying, this is great, this is awesome. And those people presumably are all inside the church. They're church members, right? I saw another, you know, the, the churches, our, our churches, LDS churches are famous for being very utilitarian, right? Very little 
decorative decorations. No crosses, no ornate statuary. Hardly ever any color or certainly no stained glass windows anymore. Only approved, only approved paintings. Right, by like four artists. Which, uh, the scope of which is narrowing rapidly. <laughs> Pretty soon we're it will only be Arnold Freeborg. <laughs> we're not joking. There is an approved art list that the church uh, produced. They went, during COVID, they yeah. removed a bunch of unapproved <laughs> art from chapels around the world just because but, they could get away with it while you weren't there. But part of that, you, you Did utili- I say that out loud? part of that utilitarianism is the bulletin board, right? And so I saw a picture of a bulletin board, which usually has ads for senior missionaries, CES, maybe a steak dance or something. Right. Somebody shares. had, somebody at some ward had prided this up, you know, and, and so it was like rainbows everywhere. And we need to listen to our LGBTQ voices. And, and, um, of course, you know, someone posted it up, saw this at a building and somewhere, I don't remember where. And then the, the ensuing, <laughs> I think it was out of state, but okay. the ensuing culture war takes place in the comments, right? Like that bishop needs to be excommunicated. That bishop needs to be called to be an apostle. That, you know, it's like, and here's where it's going to get sticky, right? Talk about uncomfortable truths. That culture war, which is happening, and I don't think it's, it's undeniable that it's happening. If you look, it's there. It's right in front of your face. It's being allowed to happen because of the vague and non- definitive language that comes from where all culture comes from, and that's the top. The very top is not being definitive about this. They, they try to appease both sides of this war, and it doesn't work. It's not sustainable. Are they trying <clears throat> to appease both sides? For now, I think so. Because you have statements like, the doctrine of marriage will never change. However... We need to support our LGBTQ plus plus brothers and sisters, and to listen to them, and to. Who's and then, making these statements? Dallin uh, Oaks. I think Oaks. I think Christofferson has made some. And the problem with these statements is that whatever side of this war you're on, you hear what you want to hear. And so somebody on the traditional side says, see, the doctrine of marriage will never change. And someone on the other side says, see, you have to tolerate me. Because the Supreme Court's already decided on same-sex unions, and that's the new definition of marriage? I don't know. I mean, that's the other thing, though, in this messaging. These statements, these words, to quote George R.R.R.R.R. Martin, words are wind. I might have added an R, but (laughs) words are wind. Why is it that these epic fantasy authors like double R's. You have J.R.R. Tolkien and then George R.R. Martin. Hmm. Did George R.R. Martin make up the R.R. to make him sound more like Tolkien? (laughs) (laughs) But words are wind, right? You have policy changes that are in the LDS handbook that are more vague uh, on this issue. And then you have the whole uh, uh, supporting the Respect for Marriage Act not only encouraging people to vote for it, you know, in Congress to vote for it, but then showing up at the White House lawn for the signing, uh, having your pictures taken with prominent two-spirit people. Uh, these are mixed messages. These are messages that that confuse people. And God does not work in secret combinations. God is not a God of confusion. And so you have... This is me speculating. 
because some people will say, you know, I've heard it said, I've seen it said, well, the church has to play both sides because they can't, if they get canceled, then we can't have missionaries and temples being built and missionaries going out. Okay, well, that's one uh, opinion of it. And people say the same thing on kind of some of the financial stuff, right? Well, they have to keep their wealth secret. Otherwise, they would be a target or be a target of something. Tell you what, the cat's out of the bag, folks. Right. The cats are all out of the bags. Multiple, 124 billion cats are out of the bag. <laughs> so, again, the, the... Possibly more. What we need... An, uh, a counter to all of the confusion is truth, and truth is what needs to be declared boldly and nobly, right? The standard of truth shall go forth, no unhallowed hand. Sometimes that leads to an Abinadi-style episode. Yeah, it can, but it didn't stop Abinadi. No. Abinadi knew full well what, was, what he was walking into, and yet he did it. Now, that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, if, if President Nelson stood up and spoke as boldly as Abinadi, would he be burned at the stake or killed? Probably not. Most likely, no one would pay attention to him. <laughs> and I say that, I don't mean that in any bad way. I just mean that right now, nobody outside the church is paying any attention to the LDS church. They've just become white noise. Well, I think the Deseret News would want you to believe differently. Well, the Deseret News is owned and operated <laughs> sure. by the church. What I'm saying is if, if like, you, you think, do you think world leaders are, uh, are, are watching General Conference? Do you think the lay, regular old person out there, non-LDS, Joe Schmo, is tuning in? What I'm saying is right now they don't have an audience outside of the church. I'll tell you what it's increasingly looking like, and that, and that is that the world leaders, when the mo- when the movement is on, when the when the plans are in motion, say like COVID, I think they're looking at Utah and going, "Okay, senior leadership, get your people in line," because it appears that we've been kept in line by our senior leadership. That's what I think has happened. Yeah, you, Utah, and we've touched on this, and then I know there's other podcasts and bloggers and uh, um, that kind of touch on this issue. Utah seems to be one of the first places that the globalists turn to to try stuff. Uh, we seem to be compliant or easily brought into compliance, especially if senior leadership right. promotes the message. Right. So... I'll, Although I, I remember a statement from Spencer Cox, who was frustrated that not enough people were getting vaccinated in the state. And I'm also convinced that there was some financial incentives for him personally if a certain percentage of the people in the state got vaccinated. Because I don't know if you remember, when the vaccine first became available, he was pushing 70%. We got to get to seventy percent. We got to get. So that was sort of a governmental benchmark, right? right. That was and, a Fauci type of a benchmark, <clears throat> and then the goalpost moved to everybody. Everybody, multiple everybody, times. Everybody but needs to be vaccinated many times. Yeah. You, re- you remember, of course, the senior leadership famously urged the shot on t- to people, and Spencer Cox said something like, "I just don't get it. If if, if an endorsement by the prophet doesn't." get people to take the shot. What will? <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. We could find the quote, but I just remember thinking, this is ridiculous. Like, this is a circus act. 
like the, the absurdities that we've been conditioned to accept, right? Remember the stickers in the grocery store? Remember the aisles were supposed to be one way in the grocery store? The grocery stores, it's, it's like a dystopic memory. Like, you can't come in here without a mask, sir. Uh, do you have a mask you'll give me? No, but you can purchase one for $3 or $10 or whatever the inflated price was. Okay, well, we'll go to a different store that's not checking right. off masks. I think we both had uh, incidences at restaurants where we didn't have masks and we were asked to put one on while we order, of course, not while you eat. And I said, I don't have one. Can I just do this? And I pulled my shirt up over my nose. You can't do that, sir. Well, no, you can't. Well, what's the difference? What's the difference between this and a cloth pullover? We need you to wear this mask while you sit here waiting for the, your table that's 10 feet over there. And once you sit down at your table, <laughs> you can take it off. I almost caused a scene, but it was like a high school aged girl at the counter. And I, I just know. thought it's not her no. fault. It's not her. She doesn't deserve that. They're so I just the, left. They were worried that the health department Nazis were going to come in at any time and shut them down. I was at a, uh, speaking of Top Golf, I went to a Top Golf during all of that. And they're like, do you have a mask? I said, no. Well, you need to wear one. We'll sell you one. I was like, whatever. So I paid for it. And I thought I should have just bought a drink because the people standing next to me drinking, sipping on a drink. This was while we were waiting for our Top Golf booth, right? They don't have their masks on because they have a drink in their hand. And of course, <laughs> we, when our booth opened up, uh, which are kind of semi-outdoor, nobody was wearing their mask. So, yeah, but, if, we look, if we just look at what's going on here, I mean, the mask thing is right on the same level as, you know, you're a boy, you, you have male genitalia, but we're going to tell you, you are, you're a girl. We're going to tell you men can get pregnant. What, I mean, it's the same... It's the it's same insanity. type, it's the it's same type of thing. It's getting us to accept... It's absolute absurdities and then marginalizing and demonizing and punishing the people who say no that's and by the way if you don't real. pay us a bunch of money to stop climate change and kill off a bunch of cattle and and stop having an economy we're going to shut your economy down for you right right you think of the absurdities that we are that are being shoved down our throats right now and a lot of people are starting to push back finally but it's i think too little too late now they're going to start a war. I think they would love to get these, these, I think they would love to get, you know, control, vaccine passports, central bank, digital currency, whatever enacted, their social credit scores enacted without a war, because that would demonstrate like a greater level of control over the minds of the people. They, we broke their minds, you know, mm -hmm. we, we've broken them so hard. They believe men are women. They believe women are men. They believe that uh, masks protect them at the door, but not you know, but they don't have to wear, you know, all the, all these, right. uh, cognitive dissonances. We broke it. We've completely broken their minds that I think they would, they would probably prefer, which is maybe why they're trying it. You know, Oh, climate, we, we've got them to believe that they're, they're, they're affecting the climate on this massive planet mm -hmm. that, that I think they would love to have that kind of control, but it's, since it's not working, I think they're going to have to resort to the age old societal lever, societal change lever, which is war. War. Because when you get when you start getting the people to kill each other, then you can get them to do all kinds of stuff. That's War. that's how you get change in the world. War never changes. It's the age old <laughs> lever. The no, age old. Well, it is. It is. 
and maybe we're they and the reality is we've been at war for a long time since at least 9-11 i don't mean the war on terror although that's a part of it well we've been in perpetual war since world war ii for sure well if we want to really get down to it we've been in perpetual war since the dawn of the since creation Cain, Cain killed abel <laughs> even before that but yeah it, it's always it's always good versus evil it's always freedom versus tyranny the book of mormon you know makes that clear i got a pearl of great price scripture for you on that particular subject it's moses chapter 6 verse 15 and it's just been talking about all the secret combinations which we like to talk about that's here. that's weird like all these standard works so-called standard works which we never reference these verses so we'll, we'll we're, we're just here on the mind virus show we just like to represent you know give, shout out the underrepresented scriptures in scripture it's kind of funny because it was a secret combination that killed Under, Joseph underprivileged that, that killed scriptures. Joseph Smith but we don't we don't frame it in those words there's been systemic discrimination against certain scriptures and so <laughs> we're just uh, bringing to light those let's start a movement called scriptures that been those parts of scriptures that have been hidden because of darkness scripture lives matter slim scripture verses matter slim <laughs> Moses 6:15 and the children of men were numerous upon the face of the land and in those days Satan had gotten great dominion among the men among men and raged in their hearts and from thenceforth came wars and bloodshed and a man's hand was against his own brother in administering death because of secret works seeking for power you heard it first from Moses chapter 6 <laughs> yeah that that nothing's changed Men are still, the children of men are still numerous upon the earth. Satan has gotten a hold of the hearts of the children of men. Brother raises up violence against brother, all for power and gain. That, that's, yeah, nothing's changed. By the way, there's a story on KS, or on Zero Hedge here that just popped up. Parent complains about pornography, quote, pornography, Gets Bible yanked from Utah school districts. Yeah, so the in, What's this? in Davis Davis school district, whether it's North Salt Lake or North of Salt Lake, um, they've banned the Bible in elementary and middle schools based on a obviously bad faith uh, complaint by an anonymous person in the wake of others uh, complaining that certain books that contained inappropriate pictures were mm -hmm. available to kids in these schools. Mm -hmm. And so they said, well, if you're going to get rid of the pornography, you need to get rid of the, the Bible because it has stuff depicted. And now the Book of Mormon's being reviewed, and uh, it's going to cascade into, again, ab ab just <laughs> abject absurdity. Because there's obviously a difference between something like the Bible and the books that were originally complained about, which depicted children in uh, sexual situations. Mm -hmm. But again, it's, uh, it's all absurd. I, in some ways, it's like, let's just not be in the book banning business. Let's just be in the common sense business and not uh, make certain uh, pornographic material available to kids because that's the most common sense uh, idea in the world, or, is it, or at least it used to be. 
it used to be, and now it's completely inverted where people are saying, no, kids need this. They must have this at a young age so they can grow up deranged and uh, mutilated just the way we want them. Don't you think that subconsciously people get that we're destroying our society? Like subconsciously, I think there's some sort of a... There's some sort of an apocalyptic feeling out there that's causing people to succumb to these ideas because they just want to change society. They want to get rid of it. Excuse me. <coughs> Pollen in the bunker. Um, <clears throat> they want to. They want to change society, and they don't know what. They don't have anything better, but they know that we have corrupt underpinnings, right? There. We've talked about that. They're. You're not going to get a lot of argument from me or Bobby that the the government of the United States of America is a hegemonic um, empire manipulating the world. Uh, it's essentially an apparatus used by corrupt individuals, ultra wealthy people to to keep control of the world, and it's uh, all in the name of freedom and the American way. It's it's destroyed right. the world's concept of freedom and and independent natural rights, right? Because right. we're founded on that, but now we oppress it everywhere. So granted, yeah, there are, there are good reasons for having those, those feelings of wanting to change society, but what we're doing is not, <laughs> not helping. Like, no, in the, fact, it's, 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 in fact, it's just it's speeding a, the process to, to greater tyranny. I think people on some level, at least a lot of people, maybe a majority say something's not right, but I'm just wondering why we're going along with it. I mean, because because it's it's an obvious psychosis. It's Uh, is it because popular people on TV are doing it? I mean, I think it's just that people are comfortable. I turn on my TV and there's entertainment. My internet works. I turn on the water and clean water comes out. I go to Walmart and I can buy my junk food. I, want to get in the van and go to Disneyland, I can do that. I have a job. I have this I, and that. We're just... I think the people that pull the levers of, of uh, media and, and politics have incredibly high resolution control over, over the minds of the populace. Well, yeah, uh, they're, they're able to get them to, to do, to succumb to these ideas at an the, alarming... That photo right, at a high a high percentage of well, I don't know if you call it a high percentage, but there's a significant enough percentage of Americans that seem to be buying into this crap. That photo that we ref- referenced and posted a few times of, I believe it was in Times Square, uh, the uh, either election day or the day after the election, the the Biden election, right? And there's all those masked people. Yeah, it might as well be the MPC meme. Yeah. All these masked people are staring up at a screen. You can't see the screen in the photo, but you can see the glow of it in their mesmerized eyes, and they're all masked. And there in the background is a billboard that says, America has decided. And you have all these NPCs looking to see what we decided. Yeah, well, what did I decide? Tell me what I've decided. I've decided Joe Biden won the election. I've decided Joe Biden got 81 million votes and is the most popular president there's ever. Another, there's another one to add to our list. You know, the Biden presidency, like <laughs> climate, climate change or the Biden presidency, Take, pick your poison, or climate change or transgenderism. Who really believes that that's not one of the most overtly corrupt regimes to run the American government in the history of, of the government? Yeah, who, it's, it's, who out there is, doesn't... What doesn't want to see that? 
everything is like in our face right now. It's so, everything is so over the top. And yet we still haven't pushed back with any real uh, muscle or any real uh, uh, efficacy. Yeah, oh yeah, so Bud Light sales dropped, big deal, right? They're going to go back up and people will forget about this. Meanwhile, we're losing our autonomy and our privacy and our freedom every day. Yeah. Well, before we, before we talk about the Deseret News headline, when Jacinda Mania and President Nelson's South Pacific ministry tour crossed paths to stop hate, <laughs> um, which is something you sent me from the Deseret News. I'm just mad because I, they stole Jacinda Mania from you, us. That's, did you register that domain name? Yeah, that was, I was going to write a blog called Yasinda Mania. It's possible it's still available. She is my single source of truth. Let's see. Jacinda Mania. How do you spell that? <clears throat> Jacinda Mania. Here, is this, while he's looking that up, you, you tell me, dear listener. Jacinda is this the de- Is this the Deseret News or is it ChatGPT? You tell me. Her success bringing together tech giants and heads of state was a blinder, a New Zealand term for an excellent performance in sports or elsewhere. It added to Yacinda Mania, the broad appeal earned at home and abroad by Ardern, who gave birth in office and wore a hijab in solidarity with the shooter's Muslims, shooter's Muslim victims after the attack. Uh, you know, those of you looking for a business opportunity, jacindamania.com has not been registered yet. You could get it for about 10 bucks, renews at about 14 bucks a year. Mm. If you want to cash in on this business opportunity, TBM, please feel free. You could become a single source of truth. Anyway, I, I wanted to, <laughs> before we get into that, um, one of our <laughs> friends sent us this, uh, little comic from the oatmeal. I don't, I don't, I don't know if they're the ones that came up with it. What's the oatmeal? It's a oatmeal.com. The oatmeal. It's a comic strip. I used to read it all the time. I kind of forgot about it. So is this the, the oatmeal, the comic? Yeah. The, so the oatmeal sort of, is just, yeah, it's the whole thing. He, and it's sort of this one, this, this one I'm linking to is sort of a, uh, an analysis of why we think the way we think and why it's so hard to, what, what types of, of ideas, even though they can be demonstrated as true or sourced appropriately, why we chafe it. It's just asking, why do, why do we think the way we think, you know? Why don't we accept? Why don't we accept? You know, facts and objective reality. Yeah, when, when it's pretty obvious. Starts off with two little birds talking to each other. I'm going to tell you some things. You're not going to believe these things I tell you, and that's okay. You have a good reason not to. But I need you to keep listening regardless of what you believe. I don't care if you're liberal, conservative, or somewhere in between. I don't care if you're a cat person or a dog person, morning person, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. All I care is that you read to the end, right? So then they start talking about George Washington having wooden teeth, which is a a Mm well-known Americanism, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, then it goes on to say, well, you'd be surprised to find out that they weren't actually wooden teeth. They found them to be made of gold, lead, hippopotamus, ivory, horse, and donkey teeth. So then it goes on to explain, you know, talks a little bit about the sources and how did you feel about learning this new fact? 
But then they go on to tell that Washington had a second set of false teeth that was made of the teeth of slaves. Mm -hmm. How did you feel about learning that fact? Well, I'll tell you, I know a lot of people who would stop reading right there at that point and be pretty upset. And and that's what they, they get into this whole exploration of why why some things really bother us and and what what do we do when um confronted with that kind of information uh one of their other gotchas was there's zero evidence jesus was born on december 25th or the pledge of allegiance was written by a socialist six of the seven justices who voted in favor of roe versus wade were were appointed by republicans you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Why, 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 why? Why all these things? And then they point out that there's this uh, um, psychological effect. And I didn't read all the sources, so you can always get into sources and, and debate sources and, and attack the sources and their, their rationale. Right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, academic... Uh, or, or intellectual rigorous debate that can go on here if, if we allow it, which is a good thing. So I'm not saying everything that's in this little comic is, is correct, but um, you know, the question is, is there such a thing as a backfire effect? When you present somebody with a tidbit or a fact that is demonstrably true... Like, say... I don't know. Let me just think of something here. Random, just random hypothetical. Uh, a church was hiding money behind uh, falsified documents and shell companies. Or that there was widespread fraud during the 2020 election. Like okay. okay. Se- serious widespread fraud. I mean, yeah, like that's a good hypothetical. Yeah. But th- th- that's easier to swallow for a lot of people than senior leadership uh, knowingly deceived the public and the Securities Exchange Commission and the IRS. For more than 20 years. Okay. Um, makes you wonder about a lot of things. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Um, yeah, the, the idea that there's this backfire effect that you can tell somebody that and it actually will make them turn around and go, no, that's you're crazy. That's not correct. I have all these other facts over here, all these other evidences that back up my point of view. And I'm going to go um, reinforce my worldview over there. It's an emperor with clo- no clothes situation. Well, but who's, who's right, right? Like, because I've been having been on both sides of a few different arguments. I mean, I thought I was right over there. Now I think I'm right over here. Sure. Is there an objective truth? Yeah. I think there is an objective reality. I think there is an objective reality. Right. But to, to say that you're, that you've got it, you better be damn right because you're damned at that point. You're stopped, right? You're right. You've, you've be, you've, rested on that point and you won't be moved from it right so that's damn right and it's really hard when it can become when it comes to historical things things that were 150 200 years ago like who really really killed joseph smith or or what were george washington's teeth made out of like it's you can look at the sources and like like you i haven't looked at his sources yet but what if you know what if those sources are uh, were written in the 1930s? Like, uh, you you know what I mean? Like, it's 
it gets murky really quickly. Well, yeah, there's a lot of uh, he said, she said about like Joseph Smith stuff, which is what's right. I think causing people to the Joseph and poly- and polygamy. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, issue is all he said, she said, and most of it is 50, 60 years after Joseph's death. Yeah. Most of the people who claimed Joseph was a polygamist use sources that were written in the uh, late 1800s, eight, 1880s, or even 1900s. Mm-hmm. Whereas Joseph's own actions and own, own statements, anyway, is as reliable as those are, right? Well, then there's the evidence in the historical record that was crossed out. You know, there's right. the or, or you evidence of modifications of the historical record. Right. Um, the, the Joseph Smith papers <clears throat> have whitewashed some of this because they'll show something like the Nancy Rigdon letter, mm-hmm. and they'll say, "Well, it wasn't written in Joseph's hand, but it it probably was dictated by him for these reasons." When he he and everybody else at the time went to great lengths to disclaim that point, to say, well, right. no, that's not the case. They refuted it. Even one section 132 is uh, questionable, has legitimate questions around it, I yeah, should like say. Yeah, like that it was found in a drawer many years later. Right. It's not really in the same writing style as Joseph. Seems Sounds a little Brigham-esque. But anyway, those, those, are, right. those you, are examples of, especially for the LDS, that's going to be hard to confront those inconvenient truths <laughs> or just inconveniences ideas. yeah just th- these ideas out there that exist see that's what's so touchy about talking about this because you've got like al gore who writes a book called inconvenient truth which is all falsehood it's all full of lies it's, full of, it's essentially just in, uh, convenient lies it should be renamed convenient lies for the unsuspecting un uh, uncritical public your ways the WF and the UN are going to control your life. Yeah, a that's a better title. By Al Gore. Yeah. yeah. They always tell us what they're going to do. Yeah. Which, by the way, they're telling us they want to go to war, which they're doing. They're telling us there's going to be another pandemic, and this time it'll be deadlier. I tend to believe these guys. They, they tell us what they want to do. So what do you do about all this? I mean, I think you have to pick a side here or pick a... well. You need to pick truth. I, not that there are two sides. Let, don't get me wrong. Sure. Here. You've got it, but you've got to find some truth to stand on. Well, that comes back to this culture war that's happening in the American society, but also a kind of a micro version of the war in the LDS church. It's unsustainable to try to play it both ways. You have to pick a side. And knowing, knowing that once you do, the other side is going to have a problem with that. Yeah. Truman will love this, by the way. That this, is, uh, this is acceptable to crush water bottles now in Utah. Well, it's not just acceptable, but it's... Preferable. It's a temple recommend question now. Okay. <laughs> Do you crush, crush your, your water, water bottles? bottles? But the, this, it, the, we are far past the time where we can negotiate or sort of say, well, yeah, we respect your opinions. We think you're wrong, but we're going to live our lives and you live yours. We're, we're past that because we're not being, the people trying to peaceably live their lives aren't being allowed to. Okay, this stuff's everywhere, being indoctrinated into our kids' education. It's, it's just everywhere, right? Whether it's uh, same sex or climate change or COVID or whatever, right? It's They've the the phase of this culture war has entered into uh, a new era of coercion and force, right? 
And that might not be, people think, well, they're not rounding people up. Well, yeah, not yet. I saw a, a thing that said it had a, like a, of course, it always goes to Nazism, right? It had a Nazi, I think it's from a movie, screenshot, but they kind of threw some rainbow armbands and stuff, which by the way, Spencer Cox was on the stage a while back with some kids wearing rainbow armbands, reminiscent of like Nazi cops. The Hitlers? But this is a, this guy has like pink and purple hair and he's got these rainbow flags on his lapels and he says, you're sheltering straight people under the floorboards, aren't you? <laughs> um, you know, and the, but that's kind of the direction we're going. And so it's, uh. <clears throat> it's a time of choosing. You got to choose you, choose ye this day, right? You better forward that to me so we can put that on the and website. That's, that's individuals ultimately have to make those choices, but so do uh, institutions, especially institutions that claim to stand for something like a church, right? We know the government's going to do whatever. We know the corporations are going to do whatever, but churches are supposed to be different. And that's why that's seeing like that interfaith pride services is so incongruent with the original mission of a Western Christian church. And the churches are being co-opted and corrupted. And uh, as individuals, we've got it. You, you can't have it both ways. You just can't. You either are going to be a kingman or a freeman. You're going to stand for truth or you're going to fall for lies. And so, yeah, there's a line in the sand, and you've got to choose which side you're going to be on. And do so prayerfully. Do so you know, study. I think your heart and your mind will know. Yeah, and pray that you, for discernment. I don't think there's a greater gift of the Spirit than discernment. So pray for discernment. But yeah, you got to stand on truth. I think you you can't. We can't just go along with everything and and um expect that we're going to be able to stand in the presence of God and say, during the battle, I did my best, you know? Right. Well, I did my best not to hurt anybody. Okay, that's... I was nice, and, you know, I just let people do whatever, and I just tried to love everyone. That sounds that's, all, That sounds plausible. It sounds... That's the problem. Well, it that's, sounds, that's what Christianity is being turned into. I saw yeah. another one. Again, I've been wading through this on Twitter, where it had a bunch of uh, protester-looking people. This was a cartoon that or sort of a not so subtle uh, version of remember the the groups that had the very uh, explicit <laughs> signs the Christian group like God hates a word I'm not going to say on this podcast okay. you know you remember those guys no I don't the something Baptist anyway it was kind of like them and they had signs that said like what would Jesus do and then they had Jesus walking by them with this smug look carrying a rainbow flag saying. Well, I just love everybody. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that's so far from, from what love your neighbor is. Because I don't think loving your neighbor is allowing them to, one, self-destruct, two... Indoctrinate your children into a <clears throat> sexual perversion. Into a cult. A yeah. cult, yeah. And that's what pride is becoming. It's, a, it's becoming the national religion. Well, it's, it's worse than that again. It's the destruction of the society. Right. And when Jesus was on the earth, what we know from him in the New Testament and the Book of Mormon and other testimonies, we know that he came and disrupted the status quo. He came and he, he, he made 
the institutional leaders, not necessarily the governmental leaders, but the institutional leaders, angry because of because he called them to repentance. Right, and you could argue that this is what has been going on since the '60s. That there was a, a an erroneous culture in America, and therefore Jesus came and shifted us to this crazy uh, status liberal thing, whatever. But that would be a misunderstanding of the reality. It, the pendulum swings both directions, and it's not it's not somewhere in the middle of two wrongs. You know, mm-hmm. two wrongs don't make it right. Uh, I, I think that. There's an interesting concept in economics called the opportunity cost, right? The opportunity cost is like if you decide to spend your money on uh, a Chevy, for example, and that was all your money, you can't buy a Ford. The Ford is your opportunity cost and a Dodge is your opportunity cost. And uh, if you decide to buy a restaurant or, or spend your time working in thus and such an endeavor. The opportunity cost is everything else you could have been doing instead of that, right? So really, the opportunity cost of, of us as a society doing what we're doing right now is Zion. And it always has been Zion. Right. So you can look at everything that's happened in human history and say, well, that's not Zion. Therefore, it's not quite right. It's not right. It, it, you know, th- they got close a few times, right? Like the uh, the Nephites after the Lord visited them mm-hmm. at the land bountiful for 150 years or something like that. They for several generations they were doing pretty well, but it wasn't Zion, right? Yeah, and I think that's that sums it up, right? That we, means we've got a lot of change, a lot of work to do. You we, know, we don't have to. You don't have to commit to either side here. We can throw our hands up and be like, okay, God. We don't get it, but we, we need the truth to stand on. We can't, we know some of these things are wrong. We know, you know, men are men and women are women. That's, there's a, there's a principle that goes way back, <laughs> way back to Egypt. You know, the hermetic seven, it's the most the com- seven common, hermetic principles. The whole of humanity is based on it. Right. The whole of nature is based on it. The whole of the universe is based on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think that that's a good way to put it. We've we've bought a cheap counterfeit to Zion, and what you know, what the whole purpose mm-hmm. of us being on the planet was to see if we could establish Zion. I'll tell you a couple more, you know, important truths. I think we can stand on. We should respect each other's natural rights. Right. Okay. Stop interfering, and. You know that means we can't use the we can't take each other's money, put it into the government, and then have the government interfere. Right. Okay. Uh, preemptive war is really not a good idea. That'll kill your society pretty quick. We learned that from uh, the George Bush war on terror episode. Right. I mean, look at what has happened since nine eleven. I've said before. I I think nine eleven was a sort of opening ceremony to the next phase of our, of our destruction. Yeah. 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 Because things have really accelerated since then. The and 90s... It took a while, took a while to start up, but... The, the 80s and 90s weren't perfect, but they were, they were pretty good times. You know, it, what's interesting, though, it's, it's, there's a convergence of a lot of events. I mean, you had the internet, the rise of the internet and social media... Right, accompanied, and the smartphone. accompanied the war on terror, which we could argue that we no longer have the war on terror, but all those 
governmental uh they do it's just that the terrorists are now us yeah they want to say the terrorists are the domestic terrorists right. not not white they're, supremacy they're focusing their time energy and money on white supremacists joe biden or, has said that the or greatest anyone threat that's a to man, america is white supremacy or any any white male in america right so that's the 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 worm has turned as they say <laughs> so my have the turns have tabled yeah but we, we we've got to throw in the rise of social media there because people are just completely mind controlled by these in, yeah. these influence operations that are going on. Oh yeah, the 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 pandemic could have, would have never been possible without, without Twitter, that, Facebook, yeah. and twenty four hours a day news channels. Yeah. Well, maybe this is a good uh, place to pull off of the road and take a rest. Okay, let's read these scriptures from Second uh, Nephi twenty eight, and we'll let Nephi have the last word. Okay. And this is what you were. <laughs> You were paraphrasing this, but I'm not sure you realize um, how pointed this really is. Is it okay if I read Second Nephi here? This could get you in trouble, Bobby Flood. Um, the Book of Mormon is not going to get anybody in trouble. Okay. Well, it's talking about when the Book of Yet. Mormon comes forth. Yeah. The Book of Mormon will come forth in the last days. Mm-hmm. And it makes some, fa- some fairly... Uh, Nephi makes some fairly... All-encompassing statements. He uses the word all. For example, chapter 28, verse 11. They have all gone out of the way. They have become corrupted. So use the word all. Now, when he says all, do you think that excludes, say, certain religions or segments of society, certain families, certain people? Probably. Okay. (laughs) It's all except for whoever you are. Okay. So it's everybody (laughs) except who's reading this. Because of pride and because of false teachers and false doctrine, their churches have become corrupted, and their churches are lifted up. Because of pride, they are puffed up. They rob the poor because of their fine sanctuaries. They rob the poor because of their fine clothing. They persecute the meek and the poor in heart because in their pride, they are puffed up. They wear stiff necks and high heads, yea, and because of pride and wickedness and abominations and whoredoms, they have all gone astray, save it be a few who are the humble followers of Christ. Oh, well, that's us. Nevertheless, that's me. They are led that in many instances they do err because they are taught by the precepts of men. Yes, I'm getting a little bit uh, facetious, but people read that and they say, save a few, and they go, well, that's us. We're the few. Yeah, but then what happened to those few? Read it again. Nevertheless, they are led that in many instances they do err because they are taught by the precepts of men. So it's pretty much everybody. Maybe that's why he said all. Including the humble followers of Christ. Well, it's... Who are led by the false precepts of men. I think it's so important that we recognize that we're all part of the all and that we are all gone astray and that we need to make corrective actions and to repent and this is where it really starts to hit home because you read second nephi 28 therefore verse 24 therefore woe be unto him that is at ease in zion (laughs) woe be unto him that crieth all as well you got to read the whole chapter right these verses are often taken out of context well there's actually nobody there that's being woed unto because there is no zion 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I agree. <laughs> but no, I, I, again, I'm being a little cheeky, but it's like, uh, there are no find, humble followers. What of I'm Christ. saying is that we find ways to ignore the warnings from the scriptures or to just assume that they are uh, only applicable to other people. Well, those are only that. That only is talking about the Utah Ute fans, not a BYU Cougar fan. Or well, that only speaking of the to, BYU Cougar fans, he says in verse twenty-one, Other, <laughs> others he will pacify and lull them away into carnal security, and they will say that they will say, "All is well in Zion. Yea, Zion prosperous. Yea, our football program has been accepted into the Big Twelve. All is well." And thus the devil cheateth their souls and leadeth them away carefully down to hell. I may have modified that slightly. Uh, no, I think it's um, that's. This this verse 19, I think, is important because it explains why this stuff has to happen. He says, The kingdom of the devil must shake, and they which belong to it must needs be stirred up unto repentance, or the devil will grasp them with his everlasting chains. The mind chains. The If, if this stuff doesn't happen, why would we ever change our minds? Mm-hmm. Why would we ever recognize that we live in a society that is not Zion? Right. We would call it Zion. We would have Zion's dry cleaners. We'd have Zion's uh, car wash. We would. We'd never name a bank after Zion, though, or a national park. That would. But we would have like Zion's laser tag and things like that. Yeah. Zion's mercantile. No, we wouldn't do that. Corporate income or something. What was ZCMI? What did that stand for? Zion. Cooperative Mercantile Institute. Something like that. Remember ZCMI? Yeah, I remember ZCMI. It's long gone now. Got purchased by um, Macy's, didn't it? Macy's or or somebody, yeah. It stands for Zion's Cooperative Mercantile Institution. All right. Founded in Salt Lake City, Utah on October 9th, 1868 by a man named Brigham. Brigham Young? I don't know. Uh, Wikipedia, the Google first page results cut off. It's Brigham dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so I'm not sure who that was. <clears throat> well, interesting. For many years, though, it used the slogan, America's first department store. Okay. Take that for what it's worth. Uh, it won't be America's last department store because <laughs> it's already gone. But... um yeah, Nephi's words, as usual, cut cut to the core, and I think we, we need to read them, ponder them. But not in church. Don't ever read them in church. <laughs> because it's not the norm. <laughs> try it Try it out if you're ever in church. Yeah. Well, anyway, everybody, uh, uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Speaking of making people uncomfortable, I hope you all have a nice week. Yeah, have an uncomfortable week. Is that what you meant by that? Yeah, sure. Okay. I hope give the, you the last word. I hope the temperature you in the your last car word. is always just a little bit off. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>